Hello, hello, how do you do everyone and welcome to the NARSA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 14th of February 2022. It's Gary here again and firstly of course I wanted to wish everyone a very happy Valentine's Day and I hope that all of you lovers or prospective lovers across the globe are having a wonderfully romantic day with whomever you're choosing to enjoy it with. If you're not in love with a person or an animal or any other type of being or object, you're most certainly in love with a football team and our football team did indeed serve us up a much needed tonic of two solid wins this past week to keep the warm and fuzzies from last week's demolition of hearts at the forefront of our minds. It was a solid, somewhat conventional and more like us victories with two clean sheets and what could have been two tricky matches. You just never know how these things go at times. And I think Giovanni heeded my advice from last week, I'm sure he did, and took both the Hibs and Annan matches as individual mini-projects and worked out a way to have a successful outcome in both. Then we move on to bigger and tougher challenges in the next wee while. So on to the game segment for this past week. Two games, as I mentioned. One in the league and one in the Scottish Cup. The first one was at home to Hibs last Wednesday, where we were all hoping for a continuation of the wonderful performance against Hearts from the weekend before and and while it never did quite hit the heights of that in terms of sustained pressure and chance after chance after chance and and the entertainment that goes with that, we did enjoy a relatively comfortable 2-0 win and we started, we did start the game really well again and were awarded a penalty in around about the fourth or fifth minute after some trickery from Ryan Kent led to a foul in the area which uh, Captain Fantastic James Tavernier coolly slotted home we should have had another penalty another penalty straight after that when Kent was just <laughs> was just blatantly pushed in the back uh, but on this occasion the ref said no which was just incredible you know anyway we, we plugged away for, for the match on a, it was horrendous weather in Glasgow wasn't it and and we're rewarded for our, for our efforts when Alfredo Morelos scored a brilliant goal a thunderbolt after I mean it really was a world class passed from Tav to, to continue his his uh, hot goal scoring streak under Giovanni since he arrived at the club and you know Morelos in this mood and form is just so crucial and pivotal for us as a team and, and he just generates so much excitement every time he's on the ball and he's on top of the scoring charts for the Premiership season for a reason, joint top, albeit right now, but you know he's, he's just on fire and long may that continue and it really could and should have been more goals for us with us um, also being resolute in defence and only conceding uh, the one clear chance that I can remember in the first half that McGregor was in good position and saved relatively easily. And other than that, I don't recall too, too much else in the way of anything worrying. One worrying thing that did happen was, of course, Leon Balligan's um, injury and the fact that he had to go off early after it appeared to be a hamstring. It, it kind of it looked really funny the way that he dived and how he could injure himself at that point, but it did look like a hamstring which then meant a bit of a shuffle and a very shaky Borna Barisic coming on at left-back with Bassi moving into the middle and the centre of defence. And I thought, 
you know, he did have a shaky start. And he is, he is obviously low in confidence, but I thought he grew into the game um, as it went on. And, and hopefully those minutes uh, did his nerves the, the, the world of good, especially in front of a, a home support who were genuinely supporting him. You know, you heard the Borna Barisic song and, and every time he did something good, he, he got a wee bit more generous applause than, than probably... Um, before that, than he would have done before, you know, just based on the horrendous night that he had a week before that uh, over at the the Chamber of Secrets. So hopefully that and the minutes that he got on Saturday as well have, have put him in good stead and a better frame of mind in terms of his confidence. Anyway, on the the referee watch, Nick Walsh did very well for the first penalty when, quite honestly, some, some weaker and maybe more poorly positioned referees might have bottled it and, and suggested or said that Kent was on the line and therefore given a free kick. But other than that, other than that solid decision, he was just up and down like a yo-yo. He flat out refused the most blatant of penalties um, after Tav's opener, which I mentioned a wee while ago there. And and then we just, we, we saw like bizarre, silly things like two blatant shirt pulls in the first half. You know, people must be, be really, really keen to get a hold of Ryan Kent's shirt. And he played on both times. So fair play to him for playing on both times. But then he doesn't go back and, and book the players afterwards. So I guess... Well, it's not a booking if he decides that we gained an advantage after that when we really didn't. It's just dumb and, and ridiculous referee. And so he gets he gets a 6 out of 10 for this game, which I feel like I'm actually being a wee bit generous on that as well. But this grandstanding and, and complete inconsistencies in the games is just, is just annoying. Our second game was away to Arran Athletic in the Scottish Cup and we dispatched them 3-0 with a with real consummate professionalism in another day of horrendous weather conditions in Scotland that had seemed to have a bit of everything. You know, wind, rain, snow and, and, and all that mixed in and, and, and various parts of the game. And goals from the returning Philippe Hollander. See what happens when you have a central defender who actually knows what he's doing when he's attacking the opposition box. I know that I'm, I'm hard on, on Conor Goldson and I know he did score against Ross County a couple of weeks ago and I know he did score two at the Chamber of Secrets last season and stuff like that but he's just he's just terrible in the box and anyway um, Kamar uh, Kamar Roof with a, with a brilliant finish uh, really well worked goal there and then what, what do we what do we call it a, what, let's call it a wonder strike from Fashion Sakala that somehow rifled into the top corner when it looked like it kind of might have been across and the only reason I say it looks like it kind of might have been across is if it was a cross, it was the worst cross of the guy's life because there was no one there. He hit it 500 miles an hour and and it would, it would have just been a complete mess. So, you know, he, he says afterwards on social media that he meant <laughs> And uh, you know what? Uh, why not? Um, okay. And I'm, I actually have to say, I'm also loving the wee man's scoring celebrations as well. Last week, he was emulating Alfie with a kind of, you know, aggressive finger pointing. And this week, it looked like he was uh, doing the Cristiano Ronaldo jump and stuff like that as well. Just brilliant. A wee bit of entertainment. And he's always got a smile on his face as well. Other than that, in the game, it was really about more minutes for, for key and, and fringe players and, and seeing the game out with no injuries, which we managed to do, which is, which is great. Plus, he's... In the game, we're, we're giving Aaron Ramsey and Matus Zukowski their first starts. Hollander's return after five months out for sure 
and in some game time for Leon King, Alex Lowry and Charlie McCann. On the referee watch, I don't recall too, too much in the way of incidents with only the one booking uh, for, for McCann towards the end of the game and no real controversy, so the ref gets an 8 out of 10 for me for that one. See, it's not all about the negative. Her reward for dispatching Annan is a quarter-final tie away to Dundee, with the match going to be played sometime over the weekend of the 12th of March, so just about four weeks from now, I guess. And interestingly, both halves of the old firm are away in Dundee that weekend, so I'm guessing it'll be a wee bit of a bumper weekend for the local retailers, pubs and clubs, I am sure, and if any of the Dundee teams are to prevail that weekend, we most definitely want it to be the ones who play in orange, you know, just for our manager and, and paying homage to his home country. No other reason, I promise. This week we have two games, one in the Europa League, last 32, and one in the league. We start with Thursday's match away at Borussia Dortmund, who are flying high. For, for regular listeners, you, you know I've kept a wee bit of an eye on them over the last, I don't know, four or six weeks or something like that. And they're, they're flying high in the Bundesliga right now, six points behind uh, leaders Bayern Munich, uh, who, who surprisingly got beat this weekend in... And it really is a, a, a must-enjoy glamour tie for all us Rangers fans. These these matches are few and far between in terms of our pleasure to see some of the, the real big guns in European football. So I'm really, really looking forward to this one. And the kickoff for this one is 12.45pm Eastern Standard Time. That's 5.45 UK time. And it is available on Paramount Plus in the States and on The Zone in Canada with delayed coverage being available from midnight UK time on RTV, so no live RTV coverage. I believe I believe there's still restricted crowds in Germany as they ease their way out of, of the pandemic, so I guess time will tell if that's a good or bad thing for, for Rangers. What I do know is that when Giovanni played for us, I always remember him being a standout in the big European games and I'm hoping he can do something similar and emulate that as our manager and give us a result to bring back to Ibrox in a week's time and with an opportunity to progress to the last 16. Remember, there are no away goals anymore, so it'll be really interesting to see how Giovanni lines a team up and to see if that factors into the strategy behind how we play. As I say, time will tell on that one, but really, really looking forward to that one. And just remember the, the kickoff time is just a wee bit different. 5.45 UK. Second game is this coming Sunday. Away to Dundee United, speaking of Dundee teams, with a, unfortunately, ugh, a 7am Eastern Standard Time, that's a noon UK kickoff time, and yet another early one for us. You'll remember that Dundee United were the team that halted their league unbeaten run back on the second game of the season with a, with a hard-fought 1-0 victory in what was truly just an awful performance by us and then we narrowly edged them out 1-0 at Ibrox back in mid-December thanks to a James Tavernier penalty fairly late on in the 70-odd minute or something like that if I remember correctly so they are no mugs and that's why they're sitting at fourth spot in the league right now so we're going to obviously have to be at our absolute best to beat them and get the three points that we need to keep in touch at the top of the table so big big week for us and, and hopefully these big challenges are what we can rise to and get that hangover of the first game of the month really and truly behind us 
And in terms of points per game as it stands right now, we are on 2.38 points per game, which represents a slight increase from last week. And that mob are on 2.42. So point, what's that, point zero four of a difference between us. And they just keep churning out the results as as, as we hope to do between now and the end of the season and all will be well with the world. For our TV, it seems like we're over the hump of the, the recent activity with only just a wee bit of activity on the vouchers this past week. We did have a very late request from Beth and Billy Reid from Bayou City that we managed to squeeze in just before kickoff on the Hibs game. But other than that, everyone else did indeed ask us for vouchers in an appropriate amount of time to save any scrambling at the last minute. If there are any further vouchers needed, please do let Alan know in plenty of time and he will sort you out on that. For shout-outs, only the one this week, I'd like to send out a very early happy birthday wish to my much, much, much older sister, who is also the secretary of the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary, Debbie Carey, who is celebrating her birthday this coming Thursday, the 17th. And of course, being a, a solid family member and her favourite brother and a stand-up gentleman, I would never, ever reveal her age on the air as that's just not fair and it's not what you would do to a lady. But what I will say, though, is that I am really, really looking forward to this time next year when we get to go to Las Vegas and celebrate her 50th like we've been planning for a wee while now. So happy birthday, Debs, and I hope you have a great day when it comes and we're celebrating the Dortmund result when we go for dinner on Thursday night. For a convention update this week, I can officially confirm that it is 107 days to the first official event of the NARSA 2022 convention in Las Vegas, Nevada. So to put that in weeks content, that's just over 15 weeks to get everything sorted for the biggest overseas Rangers show on earth. Just over 15 weeks, no pressure. In terms of actual updates for Vegas, we we did have two very good pieces of news this past week. The first one was that Nevada has removed their masking mandate, which is another significant, very significant step back to normalcy for the state and more importantly for our guests when they get there in June. We were there back in, what was that now, September last year and, and the, the masking mandate was kind of loosely followed by, you know, maybe say 50% of the people that were there, but now that that's gone, then the, the, the hotels and the staff and security are under no real moral obligation or legal obligation anymore to to pester folks into wearing the masks. And the second part is that Canada has removed the need for PCR tests for folks flying into the country, whether they are flying into the country to visit or returning to the country from time out. So now only insisting on the cheaper antigen tests, the cheaper and easier to come by antigen tests. So this is another great step forwards to, towards normalcy that I was mentioning. And, and, uh, and I, I really don't think we're done here. I have a feeling that by the time June comes around, unless anything nutty happens between now and then, that we're going to be in even better shape in terms of ease of travel and who knows, maybe no restrictions uh, will, will exist at that point. Either way, these incremental steps are 
are such a huge reef, uh, relief for the convention organising committee as it gives us one less logistic truly to to manage or at least worry about as we as we close in on the event. So well done to Nevada and to Canada. You get my personal congratulations and thanks for that. As I mentioned last week, the golf is selling very well right now. The golf is on sale and it's selling very well right now. So if you do plan to golf, please don't delay in getting it booked. And I'll put the 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 website link on the blurb for tonight's pod as well. And I did want to talk just a wee bit on the on the convention update this week about the tickets transferring progress process. Sorry, my apologies. Process for regular listeners, you'll know that I've been saying for a wee while that we're operating on a no refunds policy for all purchase tickets. The only time we'd consider refunding purchase tickets would be if we had to cancel the event outright, and that's looking less and less and less likely with each passing week now. So similar to any other ticketed event, once you've purchased the tickets, they're yours. And and then you just have to manage them from theirs. But what we're seeing now is an uptake in people selling their tickets. And I have discussed that process around that, <clears throat> that if you sell your tickets, then you have to email me from the email address that you used on the original purchase, copying in the new purchaser so that we can make the change in the system to avoid any hassles at the door on the event night. What I discovered this last week is, was that if you bought multiple ticket sets and are selling just one or two, like a portion of, of those sets, our system does not allow purchased sets to be split up the purchased um, tickets so if, if you bought you know for example five sets you're trying to sell three that kind of thing so what needs to happen is that you have a choice of things to do you can print the tickets and then meet the purchaser somewhere you know whether it's scotland or vegas or australia or, or america or canada wherever you've purchased them and hand the tickets over exchange the monies and then the transaction is complete or a variation of that is to show up at the same time, you know, as you're queuing up for the door on the event night and have the person or person scanned in at the same time. Now, there's always a danger with that, that there's some cheating clowns out there that could try some form of scamming to take advantage of bears during this process. And I really, truly hope that doesn't transpire to be the case. But the key is if you have, as I said, you know, five sets and you want to sell two of them, our system can't technically split them up for you I'm afraid you can still sell them and do what you need to do but our system won't be able to, to acknowledge and and and, um, and process those changes so you're going to have to get a wee bit creative about how best to do this while limiting exposure for yourself in, in the process not ideal I know but it is the way that it is and hopefully that doesn't affect too too many bears out there other items that we are still working on uh, are working through is the the magazine sales and setup, and we are now turning our attention truly to our VIP guests line up. To I've seen on social media one or two people asking VIP legends if they are going, and the answer has been, well, no, I didn't get asked. What I can say is that very very few people have been formally asked to date as to this point we just didn't know whether the event was going to go ahead and if so what the event was actually going to look like in terms of you know allowable numbers and and the, the whole safety criteria around that so we've got a better idea now in terms of the stuff I talked about last week our budget and how many people we can afford to bring along and as I say this is now going to be an area of focus for us going forward and we will communicate more of the confirmed VIP guests when we know more about that and just another regular plug for the frequently asked questions document that i talk about every single week go to 
our website, the convention website that is, and see the frequently asked questions on the main page there. And if your question isn't answered, you can get in contact with me directly and I will do my best to answer those as well. On to the communication section for this week. Again, kind of light on the communications front again this week for the kind of second week in a row, I guess. But I did want to start with an article on the Rangers website talking up the club's 150th anniversary celebrations. And the article said, In March 2022, it will be exactly 150 years since four young boys, Moses McNeil, Peter McNeil, William McBeath, and Peter Campbell followed their dream to start a football team and begin an adventure within the new emerging world of association football. The lads didn't have kits, a pitch, or famously even a ball. What they did have, though, was ambition, passion, and commitment, and from these roots, Rangers Football Club was born. These ideals still drive the club today, and as part of the celebrations of 150 years, we are delighted to unveil additional details around how we will celebrate and honour the legacy of the gallant pioneers throughout the month of March. These celebrations will begin on March 4th, where we will invite a selection of MyJers members and season ticket holders to attend the Moonlighters evening event. The Moonlighters was one of Rangers' earliest nicknames and was given in recognition of the training and preparations that would take place after dark as we prepared for our first ever Scottish Cup final appearance in 1877. Dedication to success is something that has been instilled at the club since our formative years and the Moonlighters evening will allow supporters to take part in evening stadium tour in an evening stadium tour and view some of our earliest memorabilia and artefacts that the company of legends and in the company, sorry, my apologies here, of legends and club historians. A dedicated 150 landing page on the club website will also allow our loyal supporters across the globe to follow the Moonlighters event and the other events as they happen throughout the month. Keep your eyes peeled for some very special Rangers site content through the month too. Now, also, we there are going to be some 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 celebrations on the fifth of March around the game with Aberdeen and supporters attending that match will be able to enjoy enjoy some pre-match activities and entertainment and a collector's edition commemorative program is also going to be part of that as well. The article on the website details that. And on that very day, the fifth of March, we are also going to be wearing our very special Gallant Pioneers kit, which is the kit, the white kit for everyone as well and, and Castor will be releasing a pro edition of this kit as well so I don't know if it's going to be exactly the same with the buttoned collar that's kind of offset that you you maybe have seen to date I am sure you have but it looks like they're going to do that now I get a bit nervous when we do this because we did a retro kit a couple of years ago in the in the League Cup tie was it a Scottish Cup tie I think it was against St Mirren and then we got papped out on our RC. so hopefully that's not the case with the Aberdeen game and we can actually celebrate and, and enjoy the, the new kit and also see a victory accompanying that. That would be kind of handy. So there's lots going on. And, and we have the Weekends of Legends. There are there's a Celtic fixture. There's, there's a bunch of, there's, a, there's going to be a fans village and a whole bunch of different things like that. So March is really the, the time to, to go ahead with this. So hopefully everybody at home and abroad gets an opportunity to talk and walk through those celebrations and get a chance to feel what it's like. So I'd really encourage you to read the article uh, as there is more information, as I mentioned, in there in, in terms of what's going to be happening. And, and then I'll try. There's also one part where they say supporters around the globe can also send us 
us your anniversary messages and videos. We look forward to sharing some of the best ones at halftime that day, which is the 5th of March I'm talking about, and on our digital platforms throughout the month. So I've been in, in contact with Greg Marshall, the, the club's SLO, and to, to get a wee bit more information about the videos and, and what it's going to be, Greg is going to get, he gave me a wee bit of a brief earlier today and he's going to get a wee bit more information in terms of the logistics around it, how long it's going to be. Narsa is definitely going to want to be involved in that, as I'm sure our friends and, and Orsa are going to be, and, and the Orsa folks and the folks um, down in the Middle East and stuff like that as well. So as soon as I get more information, I'll definitely share that. Um, but it's just going to be quick messages, you know, wishing the club the best anniversary from Gary Gillen, from the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary, follow, follow, something like that. You know, it'll be that that kind of, you know, hard-hitting, fast and furious sort of stuff. But as I say, once I get more, I will let you know more. And last week, the Rangers announced that the club, in conjunction with the Rangers Charity Foundation, have funded access to, tra to trauma counselling services for anyone who has suffered non-recent sexual abuse in Scottish football. And the article said... Following the report of the Independent Review of Sexual Abuse in Scottish Football, Rangers Charity Foundation has now appointed Jane McLean to deliver a trauma counselling service financed by Rangers FC. Rangers Charity Foundation last year committed to providing a confidential counselling service for anyone who has suffered non-recent sexual abuse in Scottish football. Stuart Robertson, Rangers FC Managing Director, commented, I am pleased that the club is supporting this positive and proactive initiative alongside the Rangers Charity Foundation and I am delighted that Jane has joined the Foundation's team to deliver this service. We recognise our responsibilities in the area of child safety and well-being and take them extremely seriously. The introduction of a trauma counsellor is tangible evidence of the commitment we, that we made last year to support individuals affected by the issues raised in the SFA's report into non-recent sexual abuse in Scottish football. Jane has over 16 years of experience working with child and adult protection and she will provide one-to-one -one holistic counselling support to assist individuals affected by non-recent sexual abuse in Scottish football as well as for candidates across a range of foundation community programmes who may have experienced trauma. So, you know, a heavy topic, I know, but sometimes stuff like this can go somewhat under the radar and not be fully appreciated for what it is and I couldn't be more proud of the club and their partnership with the Charity Foundation for really taking this issue seriously and rigorously reacting to the the findings of the independent review. What a club we truly are. So congratulations and thank you to everyone involved in that and here's hoping that's, that a lot of people out there can benefit from the services that Jane is going to provide. Finally, on the communication front, once again, we, we haven't forgot about the Zenith Coins competition. We've just been kind of slammed this last week or so, but we will definitely get to that and I'll talk to the boys this week and see if it's something we can get out. If not, it'll, you know, let's maybe do it at some point. Maybe we'll do it in the, the month of, of March to celebrate. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe kind of cool. That gives me a couple of weeks of a <laughs> stay of execution. Anywho, that's it for this week, my friends. Two very important games for us uh, this, this coming week and, and a wee bit of a break from the domestic scene on Thursday, which is always kind of nice. For me, of course, Dundee United is way more important than uh, Borussia Dortmund, but I'd love a positive result in each. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, folks, and please do share it with whomever you think might enjoy it. And until next week, please do take care. All the very best. Cheerio.